sweet sounds that we probably thought we weren't going to hear this quickly. Campiones being chanted out at Bank of California Stadium at the, near the end of year two. This is Inside LAFC, Max and Vince podcast. Are you uh, recovered? I'm fully recovered. I'm not quite recovered. No? No. I went home and I did so I did actually go home and work. I, I, I vacillated between whether I was going to or not. I was like, people would understand, but I, I felt like they wouldn't. And I always feel like I have a tenuous grasp of this job anyway. So I went and, I went, you know. I did my due diligence. I went home and worked. I went home and I rewatched most of the game. Okay. And then I was about. You're going to break this whole game down for me then. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I watched most of it, and uh, and then the Rugby World Cup games started to kick off as a Japan. So I started watching some of that. Oh, so so I went sleep. to bed very, very late. Oh, okay. Yeah. So yeah, I, I slept in the next day a bit, and then I texted you because we were going to do the podcast on a Thursday, yeah. and I go knock. He goes, <laughs> I you, I'm not going to come in today. He goes, we both knew that was going to get. Yeah, this let's text. recap. Let's recap. Well, Wednesday, you looked at me and said, uh, if we we got to do this we quickly. Do, if we win this, we so got to give do it a shelf po- life. Yeah, we got to do this podcast Thursday. And I said, really, Max? Could, could we maybe do Friday? And you were adamant Thursday. I and was. I got, and I got. I didn't push you because I was like, okay, yeah, we'll do it Thursday maybe. As you can hear, we're outside. We're actually watching the guys yeah. practice, and there's a construction site here at Cal State LA where they're building a, a park parking structure. structure. Good. They need more parking. Yeah. Yeah, especially because, man, the stories just keep rolling today. Where are you parked? I am parked in uh, John Thornton's parking spot because he carpooled with Ante this morning, which is good. I'm getting a much better relationship with team security Paul I saw a fantastic photo of you yeah. two holding the supporter shield by the way during the game after the supporter shield I saw Paul hug Carlos Vela 10 times 10 times I think we all wanted to hug Carlos yeah Vela ten times. I'm saying share the wealth dude okay <laughs> let me get one of them hugs so uh yeah it's been good he was everyone was very everyone was very festive yeah Maybe that's a good place it was great we're gonna talk about that night and it's an important night and we'll get into all those details as many as we can remember and recollect but I, I think the, the lasting image I would see, and many people, including yourself, were here a lot longer than I was. I came here a month before the first season started, and uh, there are people here who have been five years, and yeah. I saw it etched on their faces how important this moment was. It was the payoff. Many more trophies we hope to come, hopefully this season, but to have that first and see all that work come to in, into manifested into that shield uh, was pretty moving stuff. Yeah, and I and I just to see that that relief from the owners all the way down to the players, the fans. Not that's not all the way down, but just from. No, I think it was all the way down because I think everyone, everyone had that look on their face. Well, I think we learned somewhat a valuable lesson. Uh, the team spoiled us, right? We everything seemed like a foregone conclusion, and then the closer we got, it became like we started. Everyone started to tense up a little bit. I don't, no, I wouldn't say the players so much did because I, I talked to them these past few weeks, and they they that's just during seemed, the game. Tense during the I, game. I tensed up. I, I mean, I, I usually sit most of the match. I think I stood 75% of it just feeling feeling that tension. Um, and I think we learned that that lesson that, it, you know, it, it becomes cliche because a lot of people say it, but winning the first one is the hardest. And also, once you're there, once you're on that kind of doorstep, it's it, uh, the way I like to explain it, and it's almost like uh, becoming a professional player. The difference between good, great, like great guys that you maybe played high school, college with, and a professional player it seems like the wall that they climbed is, is shorter. However, it's the toughest wall to actually climb. So it's like that, that final step, even though it's the smallest step, is the hardest one to take. Um, and I think we, 
Is I that mean, a Cheryl Crow song? Yeah, first cut is the <laughs> deepest or something. Last step is the no, hardest. I, I feel like we're watching it. We're uh, writing a country song together as we're doing this. Uh, That's it. I was saying Sturgill Simpson had a new album, so I'm going to be checking that out a little yeah. bit later after I leave we, here. We uh, we sample a little cut. Yeah. Sounded a little more rock and roll. That's right. But check it out. I, be- I believe when... when story when lee Wynn first came here he, i asked him you know what kind of music you into and he's from and texas people forget lee's from texas he said country and i said what like all right lee like i like a little country too but if Not you carry underwood if you drop luke bryan on me right now we're gonna have problems he goes no no no, no, no. I, I prefer like some of the older stuff i'm like the okay, epitome so, of that whole yeah, nashville like, so, sound the new nashville yeah i'm like if you want to we want to listen to, like merrill haggard or something together he's like yeah yeah i'd be cool with that merrill haggard californian no yeah but well, bakersfield the, the bakersfield country sound is, a, oh. is i mean graham parsons and and Keith Richards loved that Baker, Bakersfield sound. Um, it's more of a tinny, uh, you know, steel-driven guitar sound. We're going far off, <laughs> far off the rails. But no, I told I told Lee, I told him, I go, I go, well, you know, if you like Merrill Haggard, you like real country, check out Sturgill Simpson. Oh. Bring it all full circle. Excellent. So that that's perfect. So I'm glad I brought it up for that that story alone. Um, to get back to, by the way, at the end of the game, I saw Tom, you know, Tom Penn brought me onto this team. So I, I embraced him and had a very nice, warm exchange. And then I saw Bob, and I don't want to interrupt him. He was having dinner, some wine with Lindsay. Mm-hmm. And I said, Bob, congratulations, you did it. And he had this look on his face of just a plan coming together. And it yeah. it was different than the Bob we normally see. And I was just so happy I got to see it for a couple moments. Uh, uh, put my arm around him, and he was fine with it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I said, congratulations. <laughs> I said, Bob, and he was good. I think, he, I think Bob realizes the people that are here around and the work they put in to make this and it. And I saw it too. I go the relationship I've had with him in two years. I saw it flash before me. The relationship I've had with you and everyone. Yeah, you share that. At the end, we all got to hold the shield. Yeah, on the field and everyone. I was just like, this is great, great for him. I love that person and that person. It's good to see them have that moment. Yeah, it was cool to hold it, pass it around. It was it was very fe- like you said, very festive. People let their guard down. Um, I, I mentioned it in the in the takeaways. One of the the biggest things for me at first was being on the field and, and seeing supporters seeing players and then hugging me and everyone kept saying congrats bob even hugged me and said great job and i felt it was it was a weird feeling because i was like i didn't i didn't play uh i'm not sure he sees this as a complete team effort well so i so in the in the locker room he believes that if you weren't here the supporter shield would not be in our hands (laughs) i don't know about that but i talked to beta but but i talked to beta who is a man that knows his supporter shields as i put in the piece he's won three now with three different teams and i said he said congratulations to me too and i said Okay, stop it. Like, I haven't done anything. He goes, look, with something like this that takes a course of a season. Wait, he stopped and said this to you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He said, it, 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 we recorded it, but it, it got kind of blown out in the celebrations, which will happen. There's a lot of champagne going. Um, he said, you know, with something that takes this long, he's like, and, and when you think of the fact that this is a new club and nothing was here before we came here, he's like, it, it takes everyone. He's like, I believe that 100% congratulations to you, to the players, to the supporters, to the staff, to anyone that watched on TV from far away, like he—he's like we believe that it's a congratulations for everyone. And I thought that was that was kind of cool, especially coming from someone that like he know, like I said, he knows his stuff. Um, and that made me feel a little bit better because for a while there, yeah, I was kind of like this is—I feel odd because I players play, players win, and it, and even even from the supporter side, when when supporters were saying congrats to me, I was like, and you guys, I, I get paid to do this job, and I love this job, and I would do it. Not for free, but I love this really? job. I could pass that along. Yeah, I do. Yeah, more, well, don't pass it along. Uh, but Room and board. Yeah, room and board, maybe. Uh, right here at the <laughs> Performance Center. But like for supporters, they they don't get paid. They travel to away days. They spend their paychecks. They they work eight hours and then go 
and and cheer for for six hours. So even to have it from them felt a little odd for me. But I think Beta kind of put my mind at ease. Like, yeah, this is it's for all of us. It really is. That said, without Diego Rossi lunging out with that header when he did, as nervous as we were, we may not be having this conversation right now. So the and and I thought about that a lot because you saw the the scope of the celebration and it was massive and it looked bigger than I could have ever imagined. Yeah. And I was doing the post game show and I was like, and this can't be, this is, a, this is, I've never seen anything like this. And I'll get to the significance of that here in a moment. But I started, kept thinking about Diego's goal and how important it is because that game ends one, one The supporter shield gets wrapped up, put on, <laughs> put on a transit to eventually go on a plane. You're giving me anxiety just saying it. I, I, it didn't even happen. It but. went in my head a thousand times yeah. and it doesn't mean you'll still win the supporter shields, but sports is very finicky because you would never have that moment. And all teams dream about winning those at home. Some do, some don't. Uh, it could be the NBA Finals. It could the Super Bowl. It doesn't really apply because it's it's not really at their home. But you get that opportunity to share that. And years from now, you, you forget that. You only remember winning the trophy. But you know, I'm not going to forget that that evening. So I, I think about that goal, and it makes me think about this team as maybe as critical as we were of them during that streak where they didn't win. To come through in that clutch moment to me speaks volumes. Yeah, it's a huge it's a huge announcement. Knowing, and I can imagine the pressure mounting on there. It had to be mounting on there because mm-hmm. all week we talked about the supporter shields to them, and they go, yeah. "This is our moment." Walker was spelted out, crystal clear, saying, "We got to do this for us, for the fans, for the team." Yeah, I think it, it, it was interesting, and now that I look back on it, I I actually went finally went and watched the game a little bit uh, yesterday in the afternoon. It was LAFC's chance to get back to winning, maybe a little bit dirty again. You know what I mean? Like we had been spoiled again, spoiled for so long where they were flying. They would win yeah. games against San Jose where like they think couldn't about, even think th- about that ends up tied. Think about the conversations we were having. Yeah. The national media, etc. Yeah, think about the yeah, what we would have had to, to talk about. But the it, meltdown is real. Because well, if you remember the beginning of the season, there were games where it wasn't always this like beautiful, free flowing football. And and like Bob says, the ideas are always there, but sometimes the execution's not there. Sometimes the other team comes out and plays and puts in such a good performance that you gotta win. You gotta just kind of grab the game, you know, by the scruff of the neck, the old cliche. But if we if we think to when we started, you know, that that SKC game, not a pretty game, but they managed to pull it out. Cincinnati, not a pretty game, managed to pull it out. RSL, not a pretty game, managed to pull it out. And we kept saying back then, and we've forgotten this because they've been flying so high for so long, and it's funny to me to now read the takes, are RLAFC still the favorite? Well, the one thing people said to us was, you guys don't win games dirty. You don't win games when the going gets tough. And this was one of those moments where they won the game when the going gets tough. And on on the point with Diego Rossi, dude only scores uh, important goals, huh? I mean, first goal ever, first goal of this season, first Open Cup goal ever, uh, a hat trick in, a, in the Open Cup semifinal, and now he has the goal that is the is the game winner yeah. to win the Supporter Shield. They're going to have to redo the song, the, the North he End. He needs another does. song, I believe. Well, I love that song. Yeah, I do And too. if you haven't heard it, it goes, oh, Diego Rossi. I put into my goal calls of Diego Rossi. Is Diego the only one that has his own song? Yeah. But they don't hear it as often because they have, they have such a song list now. That oh, yeah, it's hard to fit list. everything. The yeah. set list is packed. That North End's coming. Yeah. They're becoming the Stones, man. Yeah. But they got to play the hits oh, what sometimes. Do we play? Hey, Mick, yeah. Mick, what do we play, man? I don't Do we... Jumping Jack Flash. Nobody goes, oh, Diego Rossi. Diego Rossi scored the first goal against the Sounders, which I think is beautifully written. Yes. And now they have to come with a new verse. Yeah. And I'll leave that to them because they're very good. Oh, no, yeah. We would never step on their toes there. <laughs> Just like we would never step on Mick and Keith's toes. And no. So it also gave me comfort that they could answer that bell because with the Supporter Shield, it means every game they play is at home. And 
They're a really good home team. Yeah. They've lost once. We saw it in Minnesota. So even if they tie games, that's going to put them in a position to go an extra time and still be yeah. at home. I feel confident that they'll be able to have a favorable postseason experience because of what we've seen, because of how they answered the, the challenges that you talked about. I think so. I mean, I, I, they'll probably downplay it just because it, it, when the playoffs started, it is a whole new season. But I think, yeah, if we would have raced out and beat Houston 4 or 5 nil. Uh, yeah, it would have been a great time. We'd had that really good, good feeling. But I still feel like, yeah, winning, winning a game dirty when everything's on the line. And like you said, they knew the pressure would have came if they didn't. There's got to be some. There's got to be some takeaways from that. I've got to. I've got to imagine that if in the in the halftime of uh, a home playoff game, they have to reflect on something where they were at. They're at one-one or down one-nil. They can look back on this game and say, "Look, guys, we've done it with the pressure before. We can do it again." I would hope. Yeah. That was a. An un, they've been in uncomfortable situations, and they've been able. I think they. We look at this streak, and this streak gives you a, a, a an in-depth look at the team because of how they've dealt with struggles. The only struggles they had, where they were just running rampant through most of the season uh, at a historic pace. But I think, by and large, they were able to answer the bell. Yeah. Uh, the Minnesota game is the one situation where they did not which was bob's great point during yeah. post game he goes during this five match stretch where we had our struggles we lost some games and then he correct himself he goes sorry we lost one game yeah just a reminder yeah but they responded against orlando they responded against philadelphia trailing those games the uh the toronto fc game they responded they were able to salvage that as well and they certainly did this here after going 1-1 to get the win i think that that has to give you a a, a nice warm comfort yeah. ahead of the postseason. Well, do you want to talk a little bit about the what, what you well, saw from the match or from... from? I, I want to say this before I forget because I think it's it could be the most important part of all of this in the big picture. And, and we talked about it before we started recording is the significance of the Supporter Shield, which is not MLS Cup. We know that. And it's kind of gained some traction and Teams, when they get it, it's not much fanfare until last night or Wednesday night. And I think there might be something there because a lot of people, I've appeared on some some radio shows and some podcasts talking about it uh, yesterday. And people go, what was that like? I go, it like they were seeing aliens landing. Yeah. Well, what's going on? And I go, look, we're doing things a little differently. Yes, it was. We're, we celebrated that way because... It was our first trophy. Yes. But it was also because I think there's a lot of respect for what the Supporter Shield means, which means after a long season, everyone said this, because after a long season, you were the best team. Now you head to MLS Cup, which is a bit of a, a, a roulette board. <laughs> you know, you, you, there's a lot of things out of your control if you're going to win it. You got to get good fortune. You can't have bad breaks, can't have injuries or yeah. suspensions. But I think I think people may respect the Supporter Shield because what they saw last night, because it was people going, what is going on at Bank of California Stadium? Why are they going bananas? And I go, you know, maybe from this point forward, you win the Supporter Shield, you will see celebrations like that. I think, I think we'll get closer to that. I think, I think so. LAFC has done more of the Supporter Shield on that night than anything, anything prior to the history of the Supporter Shield. Yeah, I think it's, but I think, uh, to in fairness, it's a continued evolution, right? So you had the the previous year we have Toronto winning the Supporter Shield, who at the time breaks a record in points then goes on to win MLS Cup. Following year, another points record. Um, this year, there's a points record still on the line, possibly, but more so the way we've done it, and we've pretty much ran out, basically. I mean, this is this is the way leagues go, and I think it's an evolution of MLS in general. 
So, yeah, I, I wouldn't say, I, I, I don't want to say people are getting smarter, but they're realizing that what it takes to win over seven months compared to what it takes to win a possible, with LAFC, it would be maybe only three games. There's so much variance, so much luck involved. And that's not to say that LAFC doesn't want the MLS Cup, but they absolutely want it. And they understand that this is a league, even though they are kind of disrupting the league, they are still part of this league. And to win an MLS Cup with the Supporter Shield is the ultimate goal. Yep. So they would never downplay it that way. But to yeah, it's our first trophy. We're going to celebrate seven months of dominance over the league. In, in there, the you hit it right there. Played. Seven months of dominance. And yeah. when I spoke to Glenn Davis, I appeared on, uh, on his on his show, and he said, that's the way I look at it, is the body of work. And he goes, I think even regardless, he goes, there's a moment, regardless of what happens in the postseason, I'll still look at LAFC as the shining light of the season because well, of what they did in the regular season. And here's another point, and you had brought this up uh, before we played uh, Toronto. We have not lost a game against an Eastern Conference opponent. I know everyone wants to say, well, it's not a balanced schedule. If it's not a balanced schedule, don't don't check with me. It's like, okay, first of all, there's no such thing as a truly balanced schedule. Like, let's take Man City, for instance. They play week in, week out, usually two, two times a week because they're in the Champions League. If a team like Manchester United or a team even outside of the Champions League or even outside of Europa League that's a big team, maybe they like Chelsea falls out that one year where they go 12th, and then the next year they have no Champions League, they have no Europa League, and they win the league. Was that a balanced schedule for them? Because they didn't have to play as many games. There is no such thing as a balanced schedule. This is as balanced as it gets. I would say this, though. Over the seven months, over seven months, you will find out who the best team is, absolutely. In New York, I, I, we've learned that you know, New York is a much better team than we thought they maybe were a month ago. I mean, they've gone on a really great run, but we held them off and we got the job done. So this, this, this idea that you can throw out a balanced schedule and that trumps your argument, it, one, it doesn't jive with MLS Cup. You're like, eh, well, there's not a balanced schedule, so I'm going to go with MLS Cup, which is three yeah. games. Okay. So, so you're telling me that it's not a balanced schedule, although it's as close as it can be. But three games is going to trump that. I just they're two they're two very different competitions to me. And we we talked about the FA Cup, what it used to be. Yeah, all the cup competitions uh, never really carry the Coppa Italia, the Coppa del Rey. They never the FA Cup was a different animal, and it is viewed differently in England and in Britain. And uh, as you said, it's, it's like a the championship it, well, because they, it's every club is involved. We both agree they used to call it the, it's a great the, tournament, the Champions of England, because it, you didn't even have to be a professional. But team that's to inaccurate take part. now. It's now inaccurate. Well, it's just because the rules have been so skewed towards the top teams, similar to the way that the U.S. Open Cup is is really hardly skewed towards MLS teams, which is which is somewhat of a shame. I know I know Taylor Twellman has a lot of ideas to kind of change things, and I kind of I kind of like him, you know, forcing teams to travel. Right. I'd like to growing see. smaller markets. I, I think go get back to maybe the essence of what the original FA Cup was within the Open Cup, and maybe we have a, a, a cooler competition, but. Yeah, cup competition, it's different. It's just different. Would you, with the Supporter Shield, and I spoke to some people about this, make it bigger. Make it a bigger, more prize money if you win it. Is that something that I think the league should really consider and say, hey, look, this, let's amplify this. This is a, uh, winning this is a big deal. And that, I think, sends a shot across the Atlantic to the big European leagues. Go, look, we, we have a unique situation here, unlike any other league, where we put so much into the regular season where we crown this champion and then we still have this playoffs. Even Liga MX doesn't do that mm -hmm. because they're the one league that's similar to the U.S. model because they have a postseason but they have these two split up seasons so you can't right. really have the support shield. There is a an opportunity here, I think, to really say, hey, we have the best of both worlds yeah. here. It's, it's confusing. Well, full full transparency, MLS does not own the rights of the support shield. It right. is fully supporter driven and grown. They, they raise the money. They do everything. So, 
I think when you think about it, you're so right. So everyone gets some money out of your pocket. <laughs> well, no, you're, but no, but you're right. The MLS should, and I, and we, again, full transparency, MLS is obviously on tenuous ground with a lot of supporter groups as of right now. Um, there's a lot going on. So there's, there's other problems, maybe even bigger problems that we have to consider fixing first. But you're right. I think MLS needs to find a way to re-embrace supporters and re-embrace the conversation about supporter show. Because as of right now, I think a lot of the reason why teams don't think it's that big is because the league doesn't doesn't promote it the way they should because they don't own it. That's why Wednesday was so big, yep. I think, because people are going to go, wait a minute, yeah. what is going on there? They're, they're going to look and say, so wait, you're telling me that if we have this kind of uh, direct connection to our supporters and we, we really embrace our supporters in this way, this is the kind of celebration we can have? Yes, it is. This is this is unique now, but it's not something that's not recreatable. I mean, I, I look at... I look at my, like FC Miami. It seems like they've kind of, you know, a lot of teams have 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 seen seen what we're doing, and they're they're trying to to Built recreate to it to win a supporter shield. Yeah, and I and don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think it's a testament to to all the people that, like you said, came before you and I, that that grew this and embraced it with the city. And if if teams are then going out there and saying like, hey, we want what LFC has, I think that's the greatest compliment. I think there's going to be a move to a a. a uh a dominating class of teams, which I think Atlanta LAFC are there. New York City FC, we could probably put in there. They have some issues, including their their yeah. home stadium, which has been the big MLS topic of the week uh, about where they're going to play because the Yankees are going to be at Yankee yeah. Stadium, and it's an absolute mess. And I think the good thing, not to get off a topic here, as I tend to do here, the good thing is it may put the pressure on getting them permanent home somewhere in the five boroughs of New York. One thing I also wanted to touch on was I, I, I wanted to give the props to New York City FC because they made this supporter shield sweeter by the push Pushing, they made yeah. and show that LAFC has been so dominant. But some other MLS teams put their hand up here, and I'll give credit to the Galaxy. Uh, they put their hand up here, saying, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna be a, a pain in your in your you know what in the postseason because we're ready to play. They're playing well." Minnesota did that. I yep. think a lot of teams ahead of the postseason because it was just this big just swamp of mediocrity right and now some have come out and that's all i wanted because i want to see that ruling class show that these are teams that could probably maybe atlanta new york city the east all really got to move philadelphia is the team that says we're there's teams with records that are not so close to 500 yeah and i think we saw a couple of those in the west as well which was to me relief and will accentuate the postseason when it comes around yeah, teams seem to be separating themselves now that the pressure's here, which is what you think about with great teams. You've got great match winners. You've got guys on the pitch that can not only play well, but they can produce under pressure. Um, they can take the big moments, and and basically they can they can make they can make that divide a real thing. And I think that yeah, we're seeing that. And yeah, I I, I can't stress enough how much these guys must have seen New York, and I don't think that they ever felt that it was, was in doubt, but they probably were like. Man, we can't back into this. No, we can't back into this, and we, we don't want to win it in a way where we just kind of like it gets handed to us. I think they, you know, they, Bob always talks about it with the with last season's uh, uh, premiership. You have Liverpool and Man City going toe to toe, and Man City reels off fifteen wins in a row. And there's Liverpool. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right and there's Liverpool, them. and Liverpool is right there with them. But they they draw one game, and it just it, it blows everything up for them. I mean, that's that's incredible, and I think that that again, that's something that the league needs yeah. to have. And New York City FC, uh, they lost that game. Uh, on Wednesday, then supporter shield would have been LAFCs before they kicked the ball, but they came out and just walloped Atlanta. Yeah, they did. That's 
I hope the best for them. I just know they have a lot on their plate ahead of the postseason. I'm just glad that we, we won the Supporter Shield yes. and we would not have to go to Yankee Stadium if they actually do well, host games. By there. the looks of it, no, no one's going to Yankee Stadium. I well, think you got to force for- it in there. You got to force it in there, even if you play a baseball and a soccer game on the same day. That's your home. Yeah. And there's got to be respect for that. So, any final thoughts? I mean, we talked about the celebration. I thought that I thought we hit the important stuff. But anything about the game? Because we're going to come back and do a quick preview of Minnesota, yeah, right? Quick and then- preview of Minnesota. I mean, we a little bit in the game. I think. Um, you know, Houston really made it difficult the way we think teams are going to do from now on. They they set up kind of in a four four two, which allows you to extend horizontally while also you know staying more compact. Um, they really put a lot of pressure on Edward Atuesta. I think our our old friend Christian Ramirez did a pretty good job of tracking Edward, and that's something I talk about. Yeah, a lot of respect towards Edward yeah. now because of the importance he has setting up Carlos yeah. and doing, setting up this team. And yeah. he, even though he was pressured, he, he came out smelling like a rose. Yeah. I mean, he, he had a first half, I think he had a, a 50-50 game for me where he did some great things, maybe held the ball too long in other instances. Second half, he, like the rest of the team, turned it up and really started doing things. Another, and another point on Christian Ramirez, I mean, right after the match ended, you, you saw from commentary uh, point of view, every, every team, every teammate, former teammate went to him um, and Give him a big hug. He was out there in the tunnel watching the whole thing. He was out in the thing. tunnel watching the whole thing. I mean, they embraced him, and, and multiple players told him, you know, you, we wouldn't have made it here without you as well. Um, I think that's a, t- a touching gesture. I know he wishes he would have been here, um, but that's probably the highest form of compliment, you know, to, to a guy that that does that. And then he, you know, he has the the this. I don't. I don't even know what the word is, but for him to come out there and watch that, I, I don't. I don't think I could have done that. Well, I think that says I, a lot for his character. Yeah. I, and I wouldn't feel too bad for Christian because what I saw at Houston is, yeah, it's not his hometown, but this is a team that looks at him and says, we rely on you. Yeah. They didn't say that at LAFC. He was a part of here. He goes, we need you to be good, and you are in our plans for next season and whatever. I think that supersedes anything that is more important for a player, and they could speak more on this than I can, than winning a championship. Even if you're still here when you're not a featured person, I think... I think that makes him whole. Yeah. So I, I know there's in there and he's from LA and, and that would have been very special, but I think he's in a better place. And I think he knows that. Yeah. I'm just saying it's, I think, I think it says a lot for someone to, I would not have been able to do that. I think it says a lot that he stayed out there. Um, kind of took in the whole moment. I think everyone wanted to take a peek at that. You're like, hey, well, this is pretty cool. Yeah. Well, yeah, it was, it was great. I mean, that's the re- yeah. whole reason why we went downstairs. I mean, I, I, we, we, like you said, we went over the celebration. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'll end it with this. Uh, their spring champagne, and I was trying to hide behind Philip Edgemadu, who is two times the size of me, much yeah. bigger. And he grabbed me and then was trying to hide behind me, which was interesting. <laughs> and he told me, no, I'm trying to get behind you. So that was that was my, my fun moment. So I got doused pretty pretty good because I was like an apron on Philip Edgemadu. Excellent. By the way, one thing I remember, I saw Mike Sosha once said about the he, he They lost to the Red Sox in a, a playoff series, and they were disappointed. It was like a last-second hit. But even then, he says, after that, he had to peak because it was in Fenway Park, and they are playing the, I love the dirty water. He goes, just to hear that, it was like really powerful. It was yeah. like, just to see what it meant. I mean, I was devastated we lost, but you wanted almost to soak that in for a second to see yeah. what it meant for them. And I'm sure that happens everywhere. Well, I think that. there's coaches in the past that have had like young teams that they would lose, and they, they, they'd force their players to kind of stay out there and take it all in and say, look, this hurts, but take this in. This is what you want. You know, you you want this, so feel this now, so that you the next time you can use it as as fuel. Yeah. So we talked Sturgill Simpson, we talked Mike Sosha, and <laughs> when we come back, we're going to talk Minnesota United. Yep. All right. So we, we'd love to talk about the supporter shield, but we must move forward, and that's what this team is doing. 
Tough test, beautiful stadium coming up on Sunday, penultimate round of the MLS season. And then we're back against the Rapids, and then we're getting for the postseason. That'll be for next week. But when we're back, we'll talk uh, loons. This is Inside LAFC, the Max Events Podcast. here on Inside LAFC. LAFC, uh, we're actually here training. They're going to head out to Minnesota on a Saturday, get ready to play on a Sunday, a game which was on, I want to say it was on YouTube TV, but because of the importance of this game, now Fox is going to take it. So if you want to watch it, FS1 on Sunday. Who is the possible plus one for this weekend? I got to check my email. I really let it flow. Yeah, did we we have to say, sorry, booted, because we already have the one for, who's who's the plus one for uh, decision day, final day? You don't don't know. know. I don't want to know. You don't want to know. You just want to see sight unseen. <laughs> it's like the masked singer. We just By the way, we had Heath Pierce on for a second. I thought he did a really nice job. Everyone did. Hey, hey. What about, what about Stu Holden trying to drag you guys for being in the pool? Come on, Stu. Wait, but you know, don't bury the lead here. Stu Holden watches, when he's home, watches every LAFC game on YouTube TV. As he should. He texts me sometimes. Hey, that was a good game. Good broadcast. I'm like, oh. He does. And Hercules Gomez does. He always sends a little tweet. He watches it. He, he has YouTube TV. So it's very cool to see that, and uh, he was spot on. It looked like we, we looked yeah. like deer in the headlights. There was no context in that photo. We're like sitting there, like, what is going on? I just how did that conversation go with Heath? Heath, because he's an easygoing guy, but I, there had to be a moment where he's like, "You want me to do what?" Yeah, <laughs> that's like the fourth time we've been there. Yeah, but I it's, told him he's like, "It's my second gig." Well, uh, Bernard, our producer, wanted us to wear board shorts. I go, "No," he goes, yeah. "I forgot them, but I don't want to wear them anyway." So we didn't. So Heath, the funny thing was, there's those giant uh, balls that float in there. Mm-hmm. The Hornitos, and they kept banging him against his shin. And I go, God damn it. I go, what? I go, it keeps hitting my shin. I go, I'm sorry. Com- compliments, Seath. And I, I mentioned this before he even did the second game. I thought he was great. Yep. I, I, I know that he hasn't done a ton of uh, color commentary, but I thought he was very good. And I feel like, uh, Heath, if you're listening, you should yep. continue down that vein because right. I, was, I thought it was very good. And uh, no one made Bob light up more than his presence here. When he came in, Bob was like, Heath Pierce. Yeah. And of course, Heath played. Wow. That'll, that'll make both of us jealous because yes. that definitely is not the response that no. we get. Well, some of my plus ones they don't get that one. They don't, they don't get a bad ex- reception, but they don't get a warm one like that. So. Uh, I'll say this uh, before we get into Minnesota. You've, you've already mentioned it. We are out, out at training, so you might hear some horns. This is a uh, homage to the FCFC podcast, which you actually uh, were just on. Yes. I believe your episode is coming out soon. Um, I do love that they get to say beforehand, you might hear helicopters, you might hear screaming, you might hear anything else. So ice cream trucks. Ice cream trucks. So you may hear some uh, some construction horns or yes. um, some, some whistles out here while we're out here. So we just want to... Yeah. Again, homage to the FCFC podcast and check out Max's uh, episode that's going to be coming out soon. I'm very excited about that. I was very excited about the copious amounts of booze that were there. It's a good time. I I took a little bit, but that was it. Yeah. You're a teetotaler. We know that. And then tea. I was waiting for the tea. Oh, tea time. Yeah. Tea time with Alex Dwyer. That tea's hard. That tea will get you. (laughs) The way he explains it, I'm like, would you stop it? (laughs) The man knows his stuff. This one kind of brings on really quick. I go, I don't know what you're talking about. This is like a foreign language. Missed you, missed you at the game, Dweez, if you're listening. Yes, he certainly was missed. He is a fixture there, as are so many are there. So, um, yeah, so two games to go. Talk uh, loons. Minnesota United has been really good down the yeah. stretch. They have some nice things brewing. They have a win over LAFC. So there is a lot built in here. Uh, they are, I think, second now in the West. Yeah. That's good. because I mean, everyone's Considering th- where they were last season, yes. Right. Well, everyone wants to be a home game. So second, third, and fourth gets a home game in the Western Conference playoffs, and then 
only two gets a home game the next round. Yeah. So that is very valuable asset. Yeah, being in second is a possibility of getting second a Second is much better than third. Yes. Third is not that much better than fourth. No. And the one way I think you may look at it, you avoid LAFC, but I think you don't get to play at home. Yeah. It, and they have, that beautiful, the they have that beautiful new home, which I we were, I will not be getting out to, but you've been there, though, for an Open, Cup, open game. Cup game. It's it's wonderful. It's a little different. The, uh, the corridors and uh, the walkways are much wider. Mm-hmm. It's not as big as Bank of California State. Not a, as pronounced uh, roof either. But it has its, it has a lot of a charm, and it's exciting to see more stadiums like that in Major League Soccer, which you would put on a list to see. It's kind of located between the both Twin Cities, okay. which I think I think for to be to feel like a shared venue. So it's not in a, a bustling spot like Bank of California mm-hmm. Stadium, or as you'd see yeah, Seattle or some of the downtown places. But it's it's exciting development to see how Minnesota came around this season. You know, Adrian Heath, a guy who was jettisoned by Orlando, he's come by. He plays a different style. Maybe it's not the nicest on the eyes, but it's getting results. And I think they've done really well with their acquisitions of their players and developing young players like a Mason Toy who torched LAFC when he was here. So this is going to be this is going to be a tough it's going to be a tough one for LAFC, and it's going to be interesting how they come out knowing how much they would like to keep winning and yeah. get back at the loons for what they did. Well. <laughs> Adrian Heath has a real infatuation with two things. Credit from MLSsoccer.com, which he keeps calling MLS.com, which that, those are realtors, bro. I know. Like, that's a, <laughs> that's, some property that's a, in that's a listing service. I don't, I don't think that they, uh, they do much uh, by way of soccer. But uh, And the other thing is, man, he is obsessed with LFC because that's his talking point. We beat LFC. Give us some credit. Yeah. Um, so I good think, leaders. He likes yeah, good leaders. I think that that would be one thing that basically that – basically, you you want to get back at them, but also on the, uh, you want to get back at them on the fact that like they seem to be really fixated on us. So I w- I'd like to see what I'll be curious about is do, do they take the same approach that they did when they when they were being California Stadium because you don't see a lot of home teams yes. play that style of football at home. No, there's no way, right? <laughs> no I've way. I've heard I've I've talked to some people from some sources. It works really said, well. <laughs> well, some sources that have said that Minnesota looked at LAFC and they said. You've scored so many goals in attacking transition. Let's play a style that gives absolutely zero transitions, period. That's basically what they did. They set out and said, look, you might beat us. You might beat us by passing around us. You might beat us because you're going to just a million cuts, basically, because you're going to have so much of the ball. But the one way you're not going to beat us is by us bringing our team forward and you then going, you know, 3v3 three, three three or something like that where you have Carlsvall flying at a, at a backing up defense. They might do I mean, maybe I, I would think this. They'll do some version of it. I would say they'll probably will be pretty closed up in the back. I, I don't know. I don't. Adrian Heath strikes me as a, a pace and power old school English manager, so I wouldn't be surprised if he tells the guys to batten down the hatches and gives the whole, uh, the the whole siege mentality scenario to them and tells them that it's okay and that it, you'll be champions today and blah blah blah. But yeah, it'd be hard hard on the eyes to watch that as a home team. It wasn't a direct quote when they came to LFC, and again, this is when they came to LA. But it was something to the effect where he was asked about this game because I'm, I don't want, we're not going to lose this game. We're, we're going to make sure we don't lose this game, which is different than saying we're going to win this. We're going to win this game. Yes, it's like there's no intent to win it. They yep. realize it, but they did win it. But it was the style of it, and I will say the the, the low block or whatever you want to call it. Well, calling that game, it was like you looked at the field. They go, "Where is the space?" Because yep. they clogged everything, and you could see LAC. It's like it was like running into an iceberg. Yep. Like where we have to go around this. We can't go through it. Yeah, credit to them. It wasn't just that they did it; they did it well. 
They they had uh, they had like a three five two structure. Uh, they, their wing backs really did a good job of working with the central midfield. That whenever even the ball went wide, they were able to double guys quickly. Um, this was without a Carlos Vela though, which yeah. they will get to see this time around. Uh, we'll mention that that somebody uh, before even before Wednesday talked to Bob and said, you know, if you get the shield, do you then consider resting players? He goes, no, we always go and train, and the best eleven guys. Uh, considering people whether, asked that people yeah, did ask that is this the time guys, to rest some guys yeah, outside of injuries obviously injuries are one thing but if somebody's healthy they're playing and Carlos Vela there's no resting here yeah well he's at 30 goals he's one goal away from Joseph's record so I, I you don't want to tie it <laughs> no I don't think he does it he has, he has goals in the last seven games he's yeah. played in well he set out he basically he, he said all season I, I want us to be the best team I want to be the MVP he hasn't specifically said that he wants the goals record but now I feel like that he's got the supporter shield absolutely has the MVP. I think he's probably looking at it and saying, yeah, I'd like that. Yeah. He got Zlatan right behind him too, which would be too. interesting. And the Galaxy playing well. And he had a chance to get more than just the one goal in that win at, at Real Salt Lake. But um, uh, Minnesota certainly have a lot to play for as we touched on as well. But um, it's this is going to be easy for them to get up for, I think. Because I think, I think this was the game when Carlos Vela was injured there was rumors that goes, I'm coming back. I'm coming back for the next game. And he wasn't ready. But he, yeah. was, he was like, I, I, I'm coming back. we got to fix this. This was like a moment where, you know, LAC loses their first league game. That is, that retention is going to be easy for them to come back and say. First league home game. Yeah. First league home game. And uh, one thing I, I'd add is Minnesota's in a, in a nice spot because they were a team that normally wouldn't be on the national radar, but now FS1 will come in without hesitation to get it because yeah. even if you want to grab an LAFC game, it depends the opponent too. And right. Minnesota, there's no, it's a no doubter now. The opponent, You're in okay the van- I would say it. the venue helps that, right? I'm sure it does. I'm but sure I think FS1. even Minnesota on its own accord okay. this, this season, they would, if okay. they were playing Sporting Kansas City, which is their last opponent, mm-hmm. that's a game. It would give a national, uh, maybe a national sniff, maybe not this case because Sporting been so bad, but yeah. Minnesota on their own have appeal. Yeah, I think I think again. I think they do some interesting things. I'll, I'll be curious to their approach. I think it might be a hybrid. I think that might be dangerous for them because I, I think if they play open with guys like Ozzy Alonso, who who's been good for a long time, not not my type of player, but he he does a good job of shielding the defense. But he's getting older, doesn't have the legs. I just think that if they open up spaces, there's going to be a lot of avenues to pass. Um, and and we saw against Houston as in that second half, uh, LFC started to. Put some ideas together, some ideas that we hadn't seen before. Uh, one of which is kind of that diagonal ball to that opposite, either uh, fullback or even wide forward. You know, kind of over the space of the defense. There's some things that they can do, and, and when they started to move the ball faster, regardless of the low block, they were starting to find avenues. And I think that if Minnesota's open that little bit more, look out. They also have Gregush, who's a great, who who can play well, a great to, dead ball. Yes, and is it he can no, cover he, some he, ground? Um, yeah, and that's actually one thing. Um, I think something to keep an eye on. LAFC want to score goals on corner kicks, but s- s- corner defending. kick defending, yeah. which they allowed a goal, and they almost allowed the, the league almost win clearance here. off the line. Can I just was say a corner kick? Lee's face after that clearance because he was yeah. kind of laughing, like oh. yeah, he was he was stoked though. I, yeah. I, I got I like a little bit of celebration off after a goal line clearance. Absolutely, but Houston's. Two best opportunities came off corner kicks. So that's something to work on, I think, and Bob Parley's well aware of that. But you make a great point between now Minnesota, who has guys like Ike Opara, Grey Goose, who can serve a great ball. um, And a team you might see in the postseason. Well, and then who's our final opponent is Colorado. I think they're the best. Who is the best set-pace team probably in MLS. So, yeah, those are two good challenges, and I think that's great. I think that that's great to set up for the playoffs because set set pieces are a way that 
look, if it's a 0-0 game, a set piece can decide it. Yeah, and some of these teams are very economical with their set pieces. They yeah. get like six corner kicks, and that's all they need. And they got, Five. They got those heavies out there, those yeah. big dudes. Some people will say about why we don't get more corner kicks. We don't have the team equipped. We have Walker. Zimmerman is a good target. Eddie's a decent header of the ball. Good. When Tristan's out there, Tristan can get in there. And he and, has a goal and, off a corner kick. He has a goal off a corner, but... Yeah, we have to get we have to get creative. Yeah. So that, so those people are like, I hate short corners. I'm also one that generally doesn't like them. But when you have a well crafted short corner and one that you can work on in training before, like the Orlando goal, people are like, I hate short corners. It, after the Orlando game, I was like, that's how we got our first goal, yeah. and that was something that they worked on in training. We don't talk about that because that's the one thing that the coaches will absolutely kill us for if we talk about set pieces before they happen. Shh. <laughs> Nothing to see. Hush tones. But you know. So there you go. Something to work on. I think we'll give you some good homework here with regards to uh, Minnesota United. I'm excited. We'll see that game on Sunday. They have a more regular season. And then yeah. postseason craziness is going to get a hold of Los Angeles. We'll have a little bit of gap. We'll have a little bit of gap. You and I are working on some fun things that maybe we can do with the podcast. So we'll have that. I know there's going to be possibly a little bit of a, a playoff rally to get everyone's, you know, wake you up from your nap that you took in between the final game yeah. and, and our game. But there, there's still a lot to play for. There's records, individual. We'll keep, an, and, we'll keep everyone active. Yeah, and yeah. I think even if Carlos is scoring this game, it's still a chance for the big yeah. finish at and the I, end. I'm absolutely of the mindset that you want to be flying or at least playing well going into. So I, I would say I don't, don't expect guys to be arrested. Expect the best 11 to play because there's a big gap. There's an international break even in between there. So these guys got to stay sharp. So, just to follow what Vince said, uh, during that gap in the postseason, we'll talk more about this. We're going to fire things up. Hope to be at free play and do some content pieces uh, and maybe activate that area so we could it'd be like our yeah the hangout, our, our epicenter the for hideout. the postseason. Yeah, we'll come here and well, everyone's invited, so we can all get down there and we'll do that. Please subscribe to the podcast Inside LAFC, the Max and Vince podcast, and leave us comments. And we'll, we've had great responses, great conversations about what we talked. Thanks so much, and we love if you see us, come and say hello and tell us what you like, what you don't like, or do it on your your keyboard. Yeah, which they do. Options, very good. All <laughs> right, we'll see you next time. Bye bye.